0: hey good morning journey it is so good to be back teaching Uh, again i just want to say thank you to all of you who reached out, who've been praying for me, uh, the text messages, the emails, uh, the the post on social media, they mean so much to me. It's been a rough two and a half, three weeks, uh, but I'm feeling so much better. Uh, I have a lingering cough that I can't completely get rid of. I hope it's not going to be distracting today. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it under control. I've got a cup of water, got some cough drops, just in case, uh, but thank you so much I, I I feel so much better and it is so good to be back here teaching uh, uh, again uh, i I know they can be a little annoying, uh, but uh, smartphones are are, are really uh, fascinating inventions they've changed their life obviously uh, um, the the what we are able to do just from our phone is is unbelievable and and some of us remember uh, pre-smartphone days we're old enough to to remember that Uh, some of us are old enough not just to remember flip phones but we remember bag phones Uh, or we're old enough to remember (coughs) pagers Uh, or some of us remember a wonderful time when uh, if you weren't at your home or at your office by a land phone, nobody could reach you. You could actually get away from everybody. Uh, sometimes I'd like to go back to that time uh, where uh, you didn't have to talk on Bluetooth in your car, where, th- where there wasn't always a, <coughs> a text message waiting to be responded to or an email notification that was popping up, especially if you're an introvert. Those were good days. You could you could leave the office, you could leave home, and nobody could find you. Now we're, as we've talked about before, we're incredibly connected uh, with our phones, with GPS, with Life360, with uh, Marco Polo, or social media, or TikTok. We have all of these ways of getting connected, <laughs> and like I said, it, it can be well, a, a little annoying, uh, but it is fascinating how much we can do with something that fits in our pocket. Uh, those of us who lived in the pre-pager age, if we, if we had seen this day and the, <laughs> the technology and electronic advances, we would be blown away. You know, rewind to the 90s, re- rewind to the 80s. Uh, and, and one of the things about our phone is there are multiple ways that it just, know, it gives us kind of a, <clears throat> a little energy, a little excitement, uh, a little dopamine hit. And that can be a bad thing sometimes. We can come to rely on that a little too much. We, but but I mean, we can watch whole movies. We, we can watch sporting events right on this little screen. I want to talk about one of those sort of energy-inducing gifts that we get from our cell phone. You're like me. You've had a moment where you were texting somebody, and maybe you asked them a question. Maybe you sent them a joke. Maybe you sent them a meme or a gif, and then something magical happens, three little dots appear, right? And we all know what that means, right? We all know that means the other person is getting ready to respond to what I just sent. They're gonna respond, they're gonna send a meme to to answer my meme, or or they're gonna respond to the invitation. Maybe I invited them to lunch. (coughs) They're gonna respond to that. There's that moment of anticipation and, and on our phones, that moment is designated as three little dots. So you wait. You, you, know, you wait 30 seconds or you wait a minute or, or you, wait, you wait three minutes and you just watch the dots. And then usually what happens is the three dots disappear and a few seconds later, message comes through. And you get the answer you were looking for or... You laugh at the joke that they send in response to your joke. It's just this moment of just a little bit of energy in the day. Now, it doesn't always happen exactly that way. Tell tell me if this has ever happened to you. You send a text message to someone, a meme, a gif, a a joke, an invitation, a whatever. And sure enough, those three dots appear and they just kind of hang there for a few seconds, or a few minutes, and you're waiting, and waiting, and then the dots disappear, and no text message comes through. And then you're left wondering, what happened? Because I I know they were just answering, the dots don't lie, I I know they were there, I know they got my message, it looked like they were putting a response together, and then you get nothing. And you wonder, did they text a response and then forget to hit send? Did they change their mind? Are they they trying to find a good excuse to get out of the invitation that I sent them? Or or you have a moment of panic where you wonder, did I send the meme that I meant to send? Did I send the gift I meant to send? You go back and read your previous text to to make sure autocorrect, didn't change it to something inappropriate and you need to explain. And now they don't know how to respond because you, you sent this autocorrected, inappropriate text to them. You, you, you have all of these thoughts as to why someone started to respond and then they didn't respond. And, and then what's strange is to get those dots for a couple of minutes and then it go away. And an hour later, or two hours later, or a day later you get a one-word response, yes, or ha-ha, right, or okay, or just K. They don't put the O, they just put the K. And you think, it looked like you were working on a longer response than just K. What happened to all those dots that I saw when you were texting me back? It's, it's disappointing, To expect to get a message and not get a message. To expect to hear from someone and then not hear from them. Sometimes, in our spiritual lives, we're expecting to hear from God. We're we're expecting to get a message from God. And it's not coming through. If, If you walk with Jesus long enough, like, if, you're, if you commit yourself to the spiritual life long enough, there will be times that you want an answer. You want direction. You want confirmation. You, you want some message, some, some encouragement from God, and all you get is three dots. Like, all, all you get is this waiting, and, and we can be tempted to ask God, where are you? God, what happened to our connection? How come I'm not getting the message that I want to get right now? I mean, like I paid my cell phone bill, right? I, I, I've got four bars here. I should be hearing from you, God. I'm not hearing from you. I want to talk about that in this series. We're, we're going to take just a couple of weeks, and, and we're going to talk about those times in our lives when we want to hear from God, but we... We don't seem to be able to, to hear his voice. We want clarity <coughs> about some situation. But we're not getting that clarity. What do you do when God seems silent? And in the rest of the series, I'm going to talk about some specific circumstances where that sometimes happens to us. But, but today, I, I just want to give some general thoughts as to why that might happen. <laughs> some Questions that we might ask if we feel like God doesn't seem to be speaking. For example, here's one. When God seems silent, we need to check our connection. When God seems silent, when I'm not getting the message, when the message doesn't seem to be coming through, we need to check our connection. It just so happens that The worst two places for my cell phone connection are the two places I spend the most of my time. Home, I don't have a very good cell connection at my house. And here at work, when when I'm at church, I don't have a really good cell connection. So... In order to have a conversation with somebody, in, in, in order, especially if it's an important conversation, I want to make sure we don't get interrupted. I, I want to make sure that I don't drop out or they don't drop out. I want to make sure they can hear me. If it's an important conversation and I'm at home or I'm here at the church, I, I, I have to move to where I have a better connection. Right? Here, here at the church, I walk out in the front parking lot. I don't know why. But in the front parking lot, I tend not to drop phone calls. If I stay in the building, phone calls tend to drop. So if, if I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I'm going to check my connection and I'm going to move to where there's a better connection. Same thing in my house. I, I, I walk up my driveway. Uh, we live in a cul-de-sac. And so I'll stand out in the cul-de-sac. If, if you and I are ever on a phone conversation and I'm at home, I'm probably outside in the cul-de-sac talking to you because I know the connection is better there. So, when we're struggling to hear God's voice, the first thing we should ask is, how's my connection with God? Because, here's what we have to own, sometimes the disconnect is on my end. Sometimes the disconnect's on my end. The problem's with me, just, just like my phone at my house, if I'm inside, I'm gonna drop a call. And, and you know what happens when you drop a call, right? right? Two things. First of all, you're talking for five or 10 minutes and going on and on and on, and they haven't heard anything, right? So, so when you call them back, You ask two things. Number one, usually people say, well, I don't know if that was on your end or on my end. And then the second thing you ask is, well, what's the last thing you heard? When we're struggling to hear from God, it it can be good to ask, is the disconnect on my end? Am I the one that's dropping the call? And and there are probably a lot of ways (coughs) that I can be responsible for the disconnect. I want to mention two really broad, really kind of general ones. If you're struggling to hear from God, I think these are two areas to start with. Start asking yourself about these two areas. Here's the first one. Sometimes the disconnect (coughs) is on our end when we're too busy and distracted to hear God's voice. We just have too much going on in our life. We're running too fast. There's too much volume. There there are too many voices. There's too many distractions. Sometimes the disconnect is on my end because of the busyness and the distracted nature of my life. There's no stillness, there's no quiet, there's no listening. I'm running from place to place and event to event. I, I'm going 90 miles an hour, and, and, and often we want God, we expect God to deliver his message to us on the go. Like, I'm busy, God. I got a lot of things going. I got, I got 15 things going. I just need you to slip the message in there to me. I just need you to slip it in there real quick because I got other things that I want to take care of. Hey, have you ever had a conversation with somebody, ever tried to get a message to somebody that was distracted? Like you were talking to them, but you knew they were focused on ten other things other than your conversation. You you don't stay in that conversation very long, do you? When somebody's distracted. Put yourself in, in God's shoes, put yourself in God's perspective. We spend so much of our lives rushing and running and distracted and going. Like why would God send the message to us when we're not really listening? Here's what the psalmist said. This is Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. Not be distracted and know that I'm God. Be in a hurry and know that I'm God. Be busy and and know that i'm god god says through the psalmist be still and know that i'm god the the entire chapter is about abiding in the in the presence of god seeing god as a refuge that we would we would run to and we would find quiet and we would find peace at one point he invites us Come and see what the Lord has done. Uh, Pull away from everything else that's going on in your life. Have times of quiet. Have times of stillness where you can listen, where the connection can be strong. It's not that God can't speak to us when we're busy. He does sometimes. Sometimes he speaks right in the middle of our our busyness. Sometimes his voice... (coughs) comes over all of the distractions. In our, he can do that, and sometimes he does do that. But as a, as a matter of ongoing practice, right? as a matter of continual discipline, God asks us to come away from all of the busyness in our life and to, to be still. And maybe that's a morning time of, of prayer or a quiet time at lunch or, or uh, sometime in the evening when I push back all of the distractions, all of the technology, and I'm just with God. So, some of you read along with our daily devotion on our church Facebook page, and we've been in Luke, and just this week, <clears throat> we saw where Jesus frequently, often, went away to quiet Places to pray. Jesus modeled this stillness, this quietness. And and, and part of the reason was so that he could hear from his father. Part of the reason you and I need stillness, need quiet. We need to walk up the driveway to the cul-de-sac. We need to leave some things behind. We need to put some some things away so that our connection with God is strong. Sometimes we're just too distracted. That's the disconnect. Second reason, we can be uh, the the cause of the disconnect. Second reason is we're living in disobedience to God. There's the distraction issue, but there's the obedience issue too. And I'm not trying to get all up in your business today but we need to run that grid whenever we're ha- having trouble hearing from God discerning what God is trying to say us because to say to us because the bible is fairly clear that our disobedience <coughs> interrupts our connection with our father we don't lose our salvation because of our sin, right? Right, we're saved by grace. That's completely the work of Jesus. And keeping us saved, keeping us in the family of God, completely the work of Jesus. I don't work harder to stay in the family of God, just like I didn't work to get in the family of God. I am safe and protected because of God's grace through Jesus. I don't lose salvation, I don't lose heaven. <clears throat> but the Bible says, that the connection gets interrupted when I am comfortable with ongoing sin. None of us are perfect. (laughs) We all make mistakes. What I'm talking about and what the Bible is talking about is a pattern of overlooking disobedience in my life. And ultimately, that causes the connection to get broken. Here's another psalm. This is Psalm 66. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. And this is one of the Old Testament worship leaders saying, if I I get comfortable with disobedience, it doesn't bother me. I I don't feel the Holy Spirit challenging me to turn away from that sin, to confess, repent of that sin. If I get comfortable with disobedience, There's going to be a disconnect in my conversation, relationship with God, my prayer life. There's going to be a a disconnect. Again, I'm not the one saying that. The Bible is telling us this is one way that you and I can struggle to hear from the Lord. If you're a husband, Peter has an incredibly challenging verse in 1 Peter. Peter says, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Peter says, if you're a husband and you don't treat your wife with respect, You you don't treat your wife with compassion. If you don't honor her, there's gonna be a breakdown in your communication with God. Our disobedience leads to a disconnect. When we disobey God, in essence, we're moving away from his desire from our life. We're putting distance between his heart and our heart, his desires and our desires. We're creating this gap between us and God. And the farther you move away from someone, the harder it is to hear, isn't it? The the farther you move away from God and his desires for you, the harder it's going to be to hear his voice. It may be that God isn't speaking in the moment. It may be that God is silent in the moment. Or it may be that you've moved so far away from him That he's speaking, you just can't hear him. You're just tuned out. You're living your life in disobedience to God and you can't hear what God's trying to say. There's an Old Testament story about the prophet Elijah. God uh, tells Elijah to go stand on a mountain and God's gonna speak to him. He's gonna hear the voice of the Lord. And then uh, there's a series of things that that happens. There's a mighty wind (laughs) that comes The Old Testament tells us, it was so strong, it broke rocks to pieces. But then the Bible says, the Lord wasn't in the mighty wind. And then after the mighty wind, an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord wasn't in the fire. And, And then the story says, and after the fire, a still, small voice. And that's when Elijah heard the voice of the Lord. We often want God to speak to us in some dynamic way, some big vision, some huge dream, some loud, thunderous proclamation. Elijah's experience was often God is speaking, he's just speaking in a still, small voice. And if you're distracted, if I'm distracted, If if the volume of my life is too high, or if I've moved away from God because of my disobedience, it's going to be difficult to hear the still small voice. Um, James tells us in James chapter 4, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near. Come near. God wants to be near you. Come near to God. And then the very next sentence, James tells us what it looks like to come near to God. James says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What does it look like to draw near to God? Obey. Clean up the disobedience in my life. Confess, repent, turn back to God. Drawing near to God where I can hear his voice better it looks like me cleaning up my heart, right? Confessing my sin, being honest about patterns that are in my life that are displeasing to God. So sometimes the disconnect is on my end. I'm too busy, life's too loud. I'm not having quiet, still moments where I can listen for God. Or I'm disobedient. I, I've just moved away from God, so far away, I can't hear his voice clearly anymore. And, and honestly, it would be simple if we could just stop right there. If we could just draw a line right there, that's the message. The next time you don't hear from God, ask yourself, am I too busy? Am I too distracted? Or have I disobeyed? Check, check, check. And then that'll fix it. It would be, it would be great if we could stop, put a period right there. But that's not, all of my experience with hearing the voice of God. There have been times when I've struggled to hear the voice of God and, and I ran that grid. I asked, well, am, am I spending time with him? Am, am, have I been still? Have I been quiet in the presence of the Lord? Am, am I worshiping him regularly? Is there sin? Is there unconfessed sin in my life? Is there there any pattern of disobedience that that I need to own and I need to draw near to God by getting that cleaned up? And and the answer to those questions was no. I'm taking time with the Lord. I'm not perfect, but there's not a pattern of unconfessed disobedience in my life. And, And yet, God was still silent. I... I think there are are times in our life when God isn't speaking, (coughs) excuse me, isn't speaking, we aren't hearing him maybe in the way that we want to. We aren't getting the direction that we would like to get. But God wants us to continue to walk in faith even in the silence even when we're not <clears throat> getting that message or that voice and maybe god is accomplishing things in the silence that he's not ready to tell us about yet he's not ready to have that conversation yet there have been times in my life where i felt like i was walking with the lord I, I I felt like I I was honoring the Lord. I I, I was quiet before the Lord. I I was seeking to obey the Lord, and I still struggled to hear from him. And what I realized is I'm not alone. Not only have I talked to a lot of other people who have had this same experience, I see it in the Bible. Psalm chapter 22, beginning in verse one, the psalmist says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish, my God? I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Like even the worship leaders of the Old Testament, at, time they said, at times they said, <clears throat> God, I'm praying to you, I'm, I, I'm worshiping you, I'm calling out to you by day and by night, I constantly, I wanna hear from you and I'm getting nothing. Three little dots, but no message. I'm not hearing you, God. And some of you may have recognized Jesus quotes this verse on the cross. Even Jesus had a moment where he felt this this disconnect, this this lack of, of connection to his Father. And if Jesus felt this, if the Old Testament worship leaders experienced this, then then maybe we're going to experience it sometimes. You see, what I've found in my life is that struggling to hear the voice of God is not always some big condemnation of me. Sometimes it's just part of what God is doing in me. Not Struggling to hear God, the silence of God is not always a condemnation of me. I've done something wrong. Sometimes it's a reflection of the fact that God's doing something in me that I don't see yet. God's preparing some things. God's bringing some things into focus. But if he told me about them right now, <clears throat> I wouldn't even understand them. So I've just got to keep walking in faith. See, it, it, it's those times that I have to be confident that God often works in the silence. Often he's doing something, even when I'm not hearing him, even when it's not clear to me, even when I want some direction, but I'm not getting that direction. God is at work, and I need to trust that. Not only trust that he's at work, but the second thing, in the silence, God wants me to live out the reality I've already discovered. I'm not hearing God right now, but I've heard Him before. I'm not not getting God's direction right now, but His Word gives me a whole lot of direction I can count on. Sometimes in the silence, that's my opportunity to live by faith In the spiritual realities, I've already discovered. Psalm 22, the psalmist says, God, I feel like you've forsaken me. I I cry out to you by day and by night, and I don't hear anything from you. And then immediately after that, verse 3, he says, Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. I'm not getting any messages right now, but I know some things are still true. I know I've called on you before and you've always been faithful. I know my ancestors put their faith in you and they were saved. I know what you've already done. And so even though I don't hear your voice right now, I'm going to walk in faith. When our kids are small, as parents, we spend a lot of time encouraging them, cheering for them. You can do it. Let's give it a try. Let's try again next time. Hey, let's practice a little more. Let's let's try this season. We spend a lot of time coaxing their gifts and their skills out of them. (laughs) It's summertime. It's a a different summer because of COVID. But in the summer times, we, we spend a lot of time as parents when we had younger kids in the pool coaxing them off the edge right come on jump to me it'll be fine i'll catch you the water's great you're gonna love it It, it's one thing if we have to constantly encourage constantly coax our three-year-old our (coughs) four-year-old off the side of the pool if we have a 17 year old and we're still having to coax them off the side of the pool we got some problems right We got some issues. It's one thing to paddle out in front of the diving board and call up to our five-year-old, our six-year-old. Hey, jump off the diving board. You can do it. Nothing's going to happen. It's going to be great. If our 20-year-old's on the diving board and we're still having to give those words of encouragement, (laughs) there's some issues, right? There's some issues. Because at some point we hope that our children will live out the realities they've already learned yeah it took some prodding early on it took some encouraging early on but we hope they remember that and they live out that reality now as parents as our kids get older we're encouraging in different ways now, we're coaching in different w- in different ways there's, there's, there's different topics that we're having to address but we expect as our children mature that they're going to live in the reality they've already learned without us having to tell them over and over again i think that's a little bit like the spiritual life There's some realities that we've learned in the past. And no matter what's happening right now, even if God's voice seems silent right now, there are realities that we still want to live in. We still want to trust in. We still want to be faithful in. And yes, sometimes the silence of God means... I need to check my heart. I need to check the connection on my end. Maybe this is me. But sometimes, the silence is our opportunity to live out the reality that we already trust in. We already believe about God. It's a sign of maturity, I think. When I can walk in faith, even when I don't always hear the voice of God when you first started dating the person that you married when i first started dating my wife julie you, you had that nervous anxiety about conversation what if there's an awkward silence what if we run out of things to talk about what if we're in the car and nobody says anything I, when you're first getting to know somebody when you're first dating somebody there's that awkwardness when it comes to silence but a sign of maturity is that the silence is no longer an indication of the health of the relationship. Julie and I have now been married for a lot of years. And we still find new things to talk about. We, st- we have new interests and we're at a different stage in our relationship than we've ever been before. So there's new things to figure out, new things to discuss and new goals on our horizon, and our, and our future's looking different now. So we have lots to talk about, but we also don't mind it if we're just together and nobody says anything. We're working on something. There's not a lot of conversation. We're going somewhere. No, we can just sit in silence because our, our relationship has matured to that point. The ability to rest in the reality that we already know, even when there's silence, is a sign of spiritual maturity. And, and I encourage you, when you go through times where God seems silent, yes, the disconnect may be on your part. There may be some disobedience, there, there may some be, be some distraction in your life. Or it may be that God just wants you to keep living out the truth and the reality you already know, whether you hear his voice in this moment or not. And when you can do that, you'll discover that your faith can grow even in seasons of silence. God, we thank you that you do speak and you do direct. That when we call to you so many times, you respond, you confirm, you open a door. But God, I know know from my experience and I know from the experience of of the writers of the Bible that there are going to be times when we just aren't sure. We're, it isn't clear. Where we've, we feel like we're not hearing from you. And in those times, help us, help us to look at the connection. To ask, to, is, is there something I need to do? Is there, is there some way that I've moved away from God that's making it difficult for me to hear his voice? But also remind us that Sometimes walking through silence, still trusting you, is a sign of maturity. It's a sign that our relationship to you has deepened to a place where even the seasons of silence are opportunity for growth. Help us not to panic. Help us just to be faithful and to walk with you. In Jesus' name. Amen.